Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion with Dr. James Molstry from the Free Lutheran Seminary. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me again Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brian Rickey, and, and Dr. James Molstrom. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's great to have you in house here, literally in Brian's house. My <laughs> old house. Your yes. old house. Yes. Yeah, the very first house that my wife and I purchased, we turned into a recording <laughs> studio. And so um, it's a long story. We won't bore everyone with the details. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's been just real, a real blessing to have this here. So yep. this place Good. is my happy place. I love yeah. it. Oh, me too. It's my happy place as It's well. fun, fun for us to get Some together. Some people have wood shops. I have a recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And so uh, I think what we'll do here is we'll just keep talking here, jump right in to pick up where we left off uh, last week's episode. And uh, while we have Dr. Mulstry here, we'll, we'll keep... Uh, him into this conversation as well as we continue to uh, open up our discussion on the Augsburg Confession and the next number of episodes that we'll have on that. So, uh, Dr. Molstry, where would you like to go next in our discussion here on well, Augsburg how about, Confession? You know, how we can use the Augsburg Confession actually in the in the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I what I've done, and I, I know uh, Jason, you've you've been studying the Book of Concord in in your congregation. But what I've done in the past is. Uh, assigned sections hmm. of the Augsburg Confession to leadership. And uh, normally in churches that I have served, we have uh, with the council meeting a devotional that, that mm-hmm. we begin the council meeting with. And what I have done in the past is assigned a section of the Augsburg Confession hmm. with an elder or a, uh, or a deacon and for actually force them to study it themselves. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, yeah. I find that when you're teaching, and I found this as yeah. a professor now, when you're teaching, you really you have to do more than mm-hmm. than the one who actually is just listening to mm-hmm. uh, to the teaching. So if you are teaching, you really have to get into it and, and understand it and uh, be willing to explain it. And mm-hmm. so I'm asking my elders then to read a section of the Augsburg Confession mm. and then present it to council. And I found that to be very effective. Yeah, very good. That's a really great idea. I know mm-hmm. I have a couple of pastor friends, and uh, when this whole thing started and I had written the curriculum for my church, wanted access to that, and at least one, and I think maybe two, are doing walking through with the original Being Lutheran curriculum mm-hmm. with their councils. Mm-hmm. And the you want um, the leadership of your congregation to be uh, conversant with what your congregation is confessing, mm-hmm. with what it believes. But it's, it's, it's really uh, an, an interesting hill that we have to get ourselves over as pastors because so often we just assume people will intuitively know that this material mm-hmm. is valuable without talking about it or without giving them yeah, the opportunity right. to go through it or you know interact with yep. it. I just had a new member meeting recently at my church and we were talking about what we believe as a congregation Mm -hmm. and uh, I've done this the last couple of times and I I think I need to stop doing it. I don't know what you guys think, but (laughs) just kind of uh, almost half joking, like, uh, has anybody read the Augsburg Confession out there? And uh, I, I would be hard pressed to find a handful of people, even at my own congregation that 
have I read any of the Augsburg Confession. So I, I kind of say to them, well, if you guys read it, let me know and I'll give you a gift of some kind mm-hmm. to, uh, to actually encourage them to read it. But uh, what's been Let's your... Bribe yeah. them. <laughs> bribe them. Sanctified See, there's, bribery. There's food yeah. and there's, yeah, yeah, good theology. So how about for you guys? What's, do you guys... Well, both of you, I think, are in the same parish you were originally called to, correct? Brent's no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. you're not. I'm, I'm sorry. The only, uh, yeah. So I'm, the only I'm in my third. The first parish I served very much was very familiar mm-hmm. with the Augsburg Confession. And a lot of that was because that particular congregation uh, left a certain denomination that wanted to throw away the authority of God's word. And you clarified mm-hmm. that really, really nicely in the last episode that we stand on that. Um, and so as they were forming that, they used the Augsburg Confession because that's what they were confessing to as a home missions church. Mm-hmm. And so the leadership, when I got there, were they were already very familiar with the Augsburg Confession mm-hmm. and actually convicted me because I'm straight out of seminary going, maybe I better get reacquainted with this. And so that was really, really great. And so bringing people back into that was really simple and very easy. And mm-hmm. it was kind of part of the 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 personality and and the makeup of the congregation. The second parish I served, uh, I think, was trying to really follow, even though it was an AFLC church, was trying to follow maybe a little bit more of a modern Mm -hmm. Uh, church model. And so they hadn't even heard of the (laughs) Augsburg Confession because they were like, oh, so we're AFLC. We ascribe to this this Augsburg. So what is that? And so I, I we went through yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Yeah. So we we went through it, and um, I think they appreciated it yeah. uh, for the most part. And then, um, you know, so it's just kind of different. I think it really depends on the history of the congregation. Yeah. Um, and the, the current congregation I'm serving uh, came originally. They were um, Augustanus in it, and then they got kind of enveloped into the whole ELCA thing through various other acronyms <laughs> mm-hmm. that became the ELCA. And because um, their original constitution, when I was in seminary, actually, ascribed to the entire Book of Concord, um, I think they all kind of saw that as a little overwhelming as to try to, mm, to sure. flesh that out. Yeah. And so um, Pastor Gene Enderline, who you know is very familiar to the AFLC, uh, really helped lead a group of people to rewrite a new constitution as the Augsburg Confession was a part of that. And that and then in that they became more familiar with that again. Mm-hmm. So but we're still kind of like re teaching it, you know, yeah. to our yeah. even our leadership. Yep. And so and there's a bit of resistance because I sometimes experience what you mentioned in our last mm-hmm. podcast. Well I just this doctrine stuff, you know, I it's not really for me. And I go, you know, the Bible talks about really paying attention to sound doctrine sound, and all sound those healthy things. Doctrine. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I, I explained to him what the word theology meant, that it's mm-hmm. God and, the, you know, and logos together. And that this is basically a catalog, if you will, uh, of God itself, God himself. And don't we want to know about the great God who has saved us through Jesus Christ? And, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I go, well, that's <laughs> you what go. you're saying. And so, yeah. you know, you have to be careful how you say these things. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. So it's just like this process of instructing. Right. So anyway. Yeah. And I think too, uh, if you have a congregation mm-hmm. that does not, uh, does not even know what the Augsburg Confession is. It, yeah, it's time to teach them. But I think also in new members classes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if you're asking your new members bef- to stand before the congregation yeah, right. and say, we, we agree with the Constitution, your Constitution says that we subscribe to mm-hmm. the Augsburg Confession and the mm-hmm. small catechism, they really yeah. should know what the Augsburg yeah. Confession <laughs> yeah, right. the small yeah, catechism yeah, exactly. is, you know, to, to right. say so honestly. Yeah. Yep, and then that's a, right. In a small congregation like mine, where we're getting 50 to 55 on a Sunday, I don't normally do new members classes because mm-hmm. when we have a member applying it's 
mostly on an individual basis, but that's what I sit down with them and say is, I know either you're coming from a different, yeah, different AFLC congregation yep, because even, you moved yep. into the area, or mm-hmm. especially if they're coming from a different denomination, mm-hmm. this is the standard that we right. are holding ourselves to. You as a member will be held to that standard, and yeah. you as a member will hold me as your pastor to that standard. You need to know what it says. And you, because if there are objections, then we've kind of mm-hmm. hit a you know a speed bump, and we need we need to talk about that. And yeah. um, it's it's produced some very fruitful yeah. uh, pastoral opportunities mm-hmm. as, as people come in and say, "I never even knew this was in scripture." Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 wonderful. Again, just it's. You know, it's a, a matter of exposure most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. And it's very practical, right. is it not? Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, I, and I think this is getting at the heart of maybe why we even started our podcast in the beginning of we, we are happy to be Lutheran and we're convictionally, that's, that's where we stand as we... You're hold, happy Lutherans. Yeah, we're <laughs> happy that Lutherans. That doesn't even exist. Uh, Today, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, back to yeah, Pastor Lee, from the old uh, yeah, the history professor. Yeah. Uh, but no, I guess what I'm saying is, is this, is that um, we're not, we're, we're convictionally Lutheran and a document like the Augsburg Confession is, is a great, uh, simple yet not so simple expression of the biblical teaching where we stand convictionally. And that's partly why we want to do this podcast is to see other people say, yeah, that I like that too. I, I want to uh, join that and, uh, and be be Lutheran, not just because of tradition's sake. Like I, I think a lot of people in our congregations, they they're just members of the church, but they they maybe aren't convictionally there, and uh, and so that takes some patience and teaching. But yeah, Jason. One, it's it's a very attractive thing for people on the outside looking in when someone stands for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so I mean it, whether it's social media or Twitter or or you know whoever we're going to throw under the bus it's really easy to stand against something. It takes no effort whatsoever. You know, uh I was listening to a radio program just yesterday uh and they were trying to describe uh one of the democratic presidential candidates and I don't want to get too deep into politics here, so I'm not going to name names. But they're, you know, they're. You can say this about a candidate and this about the other candidate. What their talking point is, and they're like, we know nothing about this. And this is one of the, you know, the four or five front runners. This person is in that, and the, the only thing we could say about this person is that they stand against Trump. That's their entire platform, and, and you realize there's nothing attractive hmm. about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so mm-hmm. many Christians. Uh, know what they stand against without knowing what they stand for. And right, yep. I, I, I think of an area Christians have a vet- vested interest in, we need to be doing a better job on this, like in pro-life. Uh, you know, pro-life, we need to be so much more than anti-abortion mm-hmm. in, in, in loving life. The same thing applies to theology. If we mm-hmm. stand for something, you, you're not going to church and say, well, we're not Catholic. Or we're not like those people over there, or or whatever the case might be, is Lutherans have this unique document that says this is who we are, mm-hmm. and, and 
it's even better, at least from my perspective, that they did that under the threat of their own lives at the time, that they Mm -hmm. stuck their necks out there. And this is what we believe about scripture. Mm -hmm. I find that very winsome, very attractive. Mm -hmm. So we talked about new members as far as using Mm -hmm. it for the congregation. We also Mm -hmm. talked uh, about leadership. You know, that was a great um, Mm -hmm. uh, suggestion. What other ways can the Augsburg Confession be used as part of the congregation and congregation? See, I think think the Augsburg Confession is a lot more practical than we give a credit for, or some give a credit for. Um, we think of we think of this document in almost 500 years old, mm-hmm. right? Does it apply to me today? And that's what a lot of people are thinking. What what difference does it make for me today? And what's the question that most people have? It's how do I live? What should my life look like? Mm-hmm. And as you look at the Augsburg Confession, if you, if, for instance, uh, uh, the section on good works, yeah. it talks about how we should live then. So it's intensely practical. See, when we think about Lutheran doctrine, we think of law and gospel. We're always, mm-hmm. We talk about law and gospel. We talk about vocation, right? Those are the things we talk about all the time. <laughs> vocation. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, and so we preach the law in order that sinners might see their lost condition, mm-hmm. and the gospel gives them comfort as they realize that their salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. Mm-hmm. But then... But then, you're a Christian. How how then shall I live? Well, God says, "Be holy, for I am holy." Well, how do you? How in the world am I going to be holy? Because God is holy. How, how do I become holy? Um, you see, and what we usually do, and what many do, is they simply apply the law. You need to do better. You need to try harder. Mm-hmm. You're saved. You want to grow as a Christian. So now you need to become a better Christian. I'm using air stop quotes. Stop <laughs> yeah, 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 stop backsliding. Become a better Christian. Mm-hmm. And the gospel is not applied at all to sanctification. Mm-hmm. And But what we see in the Augsburg Confession mm-hmm. is sanctification is also gospel-based. Yes. Yeah. And that's where it's intensely practical. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying really in this then is that someone should have just handed Francis Shaper a copy of the Augsburg yes. Confession. <laughs> would, have, would have saved us all 200 pages. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and it would have made my seminary reading much lighter. Yes, yeah, yes. Right. yes. absolutely. Just, just stand on the street corner handing out pamphlets of the Augsburg Confession. <laughs> tracks. We can have Lutheran tracks, part yeah. of our new swag, right? Right. Oh. <laughs> this, you, you know, is there is there a built-in, maybe for all of you guys to answer, maybe Dr. Molstry, but is there a built-in benefit that in terms of our free Lutheran, usually free Lutheran churches, our, our constitutions, <laughs> I would say usually, but... Uh, there's the we we say the Luther Small Catechism and the unaltered Augsburg Confession are faithful expositions of Scripture, mm-hmm. and some some others say you know the whole Book of Concord. I see you have we have our nice uh, tapered editions uh, here, <laughs> but is there kind of a built-in benefit of having just those two Lutheran doctrine or Lutheran documents as opposed to the whole Book of mm. Concord to keep it simple and in terms of of. Uh, sharing and and uh, teaching and uh, at that practical level in our congregations. Well, it's much more manageable, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah. I, mean yeah. if you, I, I mentioned that we should have our new members read them. Well, it's 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 it, you yeah. can read the small catechism and the Augsburg Confession. Uh, the entire book of Concord is it's going to take yeah, you a while. Um, yeah. 680 pages. Even seminary students are yes. are uh, yeah. sweating to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- you know, I think it works as a good starter. Mm-hmm. Um, it 
it, it serves as an introduction and uh, it makes for interesting conversations because on, on one hand, we should be a little bit more self-conscious as the AFLC. Well, we have the small catechism. Why don't we have the large catechism? <laughs> we have the Oxford know, Confession. Jason, why don't we have the apology? Your favorite document I know is, is the, the large, large catechism. catechism is yeah. the best thing ever written by a human hand. <laughs> well, um, and, huh. and the Lord used that in your life to... Yeah. Well, yeah, to shed his, you know, his grace I, I'm a little bit yeah. more passionate about it. It's right. the document that saved my life. But mm-hmm. um, okay, I'm I'm sorry, I'm new here, but <laughs> why why the large catechism? Well, That's interesting. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll uh, yeah, we can rehash personal testimony here. Um, <laughs> the year before I went to seminary, I had a crisis of faith and had been confronted with sin in my life that was impacting my family, and there was a night. I remember I was 26 years old sitting on my couch in Shakopee, Minnesota. Uh, Shout out Shakopee. Yeah, way to be Shakopee. Yeah. Uh, and it was a middle of May thunderstorm. I mean, it was like, I didn't cry out to St. Anne. But, uh, <laughs> but, I will become a monk. <laughs> yeah. but, and I had already been accepted to seminary, but I realized I was a miserable Christian. And it's like what you were saying about good works and sanctification. Yeah. The messages that I was hearing, not necessarily the messages I've been consistently taught, because I look back on my life and I've had some pretty amazing pastors uh, in AFLC churches, but the messages I was hearing was do more, be better, try harder. And I was bad at being a Christian. And so I prayed a prayer that night and I told God, if you can't make me into a good Christian in seminary, I'm mm. walking away. And I said, this faith thing isn't for me. It, it obviously wasn't working. And started seminary, and first year seminary uh, mm-hmm. would have been second for you, yep. Brett. We had Lutheran symbolics class. And, <laughs> and Ooh, I remember that. We yeah, were yeah. we were required to read all the way through the Book of Concord, yeah, from cover to cover. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, we we knew that at the beginning of the semester, and yep. we all started reading with two, two weeks, weeks left. Before, <laughs> yeah. I forgot that you were a year in front of us. Yep. Yeah. That's right, because me and Jason, like, and I even though I'm younger than you guys, I'm yeah. older than. You in seminary years. And so it's kind of a a miraculous development just in the land of the Book of Concord because the Book of Concord, as it's laid out, you've got the three creeds and then you've got the Augsburg Confession and Mm -hmm. Apology. And I read through those. I more or less looked at the words and I knew the small catechism. (laughs) I got to a large catechism Mm -hmm. and it started hitting me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. The the first thing I noticed in, in the large catechism was the emphasis on what the commandments teach us to do and not only what they prevent. You mm-hmm. know, the yep. the way I had been taught, you know, and, and our, the former dean of the seminary used to joke about this is I don't smoke or chew or go out with girls that do, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. That was the Ten Commandments. Don't do this, you're fine. Don't do that, you're fine. That mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Uh, but I got to the explanation of the third article of the creed, the second article of the creed. Um, in the large catechism. And the first part was uh, talking about how God doesn't allow the treasure of the gospel to stay buried, but so that we might be sanctified, he brings us to the cross daily. And it was the first time I had ever equated sanctification with the gospel. And, that's something, mm, yeah. that, mm. and it was the the situation where... And you had gone you, to church your whole life. I, I've mm-hmm. been a Christian my whole life, baptized in... Mm-hmm. It's so important. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. The cross gets left... Yep. At evangelism yep. and Christians, and I, I realized I didn't have a justification problem. I wasn't, I wasn't any more permitted to question my salvation. 
is I had a sanctification problem hmm. and it was because I've been hmm. fed. And so I just kept reading. And I remember I was sitting at the seminary and just, <laughs> I, Shakopee is 30 minutes away from uh, the campus. school and I yeah. lived off campus. And so to avoid traffic in the morning, I used to leave my house at 5 a.m. and do my studying before class. Mm. And and I just had an arrangement with the person who opened up. They would unlock it early, and I'd just go sit in the classrooms by myself. And I started pouring through this. And the lines mm-hmm. where I finally came to assurance of salvation was this line um, in the explanation of the second article. And now it might be the third article. I get confused. <laughs> but it's, uh, even though we have sins, we are not afraid of them, for we are in the Christian church where there is nothing but the continuous, uninterrupted forgiveness of sins. Mm. And that was kind of like the scales fall off your mind, yeah. mm-hmm. your eyes, and it just, it was a light bulb moment for me. And that's when it happened. But uh, I maintain to this day that the large catechism is the best thing a human has ever written. <laughs> it is the most important bit of theology yeah. that we have in the church after scripture. Mm-hmm. God gets credit for scripture and you can give him credit for all the good theology in the church anyway, mm-hmm. but I'm not putting the large catechism on par with scripture, but it was the document that saved my life. Well, mm-hmm. and that was Luther's issue. I um, mean, it was pretty much similar yep. to yours. Yep. The formula yep. of Concord was that for me. Hmm. With predestination, but we don't sure. want to go there right now. But, but, yeah. <laughs> and, and Dr. Melster, you were just about, I think, ready to say that the Augsburg Confession dovetails nicely with what Jason was talking about in terms of sanctification and good works and uh, and having the gospel there. Yeah, because, again, one of the problems that we have is, is in in the church is that the law is constantly applied to sanctification. And we are constantly told to do better, go to more Bible studies, read mm-hmm. the Bible more. Uh, our songs, I mean, our, our mm-hmm. children's songs uh, play up this, you know, law emphasis. Read your Bible. Yeah. Oh, pray. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking of. Pray every day. Exactly. And you'll grow, grow, grow. Yeah. And if you don't, you'll shrink, shrink, yeah, shrink. Right? Right. And, and, and the Augsburg Confession, especially in their section on good works, mm-hmm. tells us, mm-hmm. teaches us that it is really a virtue ethics. It, it's, we are... And we and we grow and we we become because of who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not because we are following a set of rules. We don't have uh, five steps to becoming a better Christian, or, mm-hmm. or you know, or, or a ten step plan to to getting rid of sin in your life. That's not what that's not what the Oxford Confession teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches either. Mm-hmm. It's he is the uh, he is the vine. We are the branches. Mm-hmm. It's because we are yeah. in Him that we grow mm-hmm. and. And it and it's a gospel kind of growth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Great. Well, Brian, do you have Amen. any verses? For I us? do. Uh, I thought I was just thinking about Romans five through this whole thing, and just the first verse, just something simple, but it says so much because as Paul was arguing, you know, and and explaining through as the Holy Spirit carried him along through chapters one through four, and he just starts chapter five this way. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes and Spotify. Please join us next week as we wrap up our discussion with Dr. James Mostry on the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.